0: This is exactly right. I want to be a person that is modeling the same things that I'm saying to them. So if I'm telling them that they can do anything that they want in the world, then I need to go for my dreams too. If I'm saying to them, take chances, go where your heart wants to go, I need to take those chances also. Not that I need to. I want to. I want to be that person also. Because, yeah, they're watching us.
1: Welcome to Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan. I'm Dr. Dan. This show is about making the world a more loving, accepting, and compassionate place, one parent, one person, and one child at a time. The key to raising healthy and engaged kids is for us parents to seek the same in our own lives while striving to be the best versions of ourselves each day. No matter who you are or where you came from, With increased awareness, you can be purposeful about leaving a healthy footprint for your children, your family, and all those you care about, while living your own life to the fullest. Today's show is Cultivating Personal and Spiritual Growth with Lori Gunning Grossman. Lori is a storyteller, group facilitator, and creator of Hold the Light podcast a show for lifelong learners who are curious about the ways we can deepen our connection to our personal development and spiritual life. Through her 20-plus years as a writer, editorial director for online publications, and podcast host and producer, it's been Lori's passion to share stories and ideas throughout her career. While she's worked in the world of pregnancy, parenting, and home design for many years, what she is personally most interested in are ways that we design ourselves from the inside out. Her focus now is in curating ideas and experiences around the topics of personal and spiritual growth so that we can all experience greater joy, transformation, and freedom in our lives. Her passion is to hold the light for the light holders of the world. Lori lives in Los Angeles with her husband and two teenage children. Lori, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Dr. Dan. I'm so excited to be here.
1: So excited for this. It's been, yes. it's been in the works, and uh, I have been looking forward to this. And I have to tell you, personal and spiritual growth so that we can all experience greater joy, transformation, and freedom in our lives, sign me up. Right? Sign, who, we, who doesn't want that?
0: Doesn't it sound so good? It's just so juicy. I love it
1: so much. Yes. So I am curious as to your path and when, if there was a time, like if there was an aha or it was a slow build or converging messages over time where you found yourself on the, what we'll call the spiritual path.
0: Yes. You know, I was just thinking about this on my walk this morning. And I was thinking, gosh, where did all of this start for me? And it did start for me in my 20s, I would have to say, Mm -hmm. which I do think is a time of introspection for a lot of people just saying, "Okay, hold up. Where did I come from? And what was that about? Now, I didn't start to dig into the spiritual part. I was digging in more into the personal development part. So that's when I mm. went to, like, um, personal uh, development seminars and started looking a little bit in that therapy, that kind of stuff. I feel like in my 30s and early 40s was when a lot of that kind of went out the door a little bit because I was deep in early parenting, <laughs> Yeah, you know. And I have to say um, it was probably around the time I turned 50, which also happened at the same time COVID happened, was when I really started digging into my spiritual life because I found I had a little more space and also just the interest of like, okay, what's next? I'm in Mm. this second half of my life. I feel like I want more and more meaning and more connection.
1: Where? How would you, I, I like the connection between personal development and spiritual development. And when would you say, where do you, do those overlap? I mean, I know they can overlap, but do they inherently overlap? And and one word for it is we call personal development, or is it a journey that one goes on on this continuum from personal development to spiritual development?
0: So I definitely think that they overlap, and I think it is a journey. And for me, when I think of spirituality, it's not based in religion. It is based in connection to something greater than myself. Mm -hmm. And so I think that they support each other, personal development and spiritual development. It's all about growth for me. Mm -hmm. And what I love and the teachers who guide me and have guided me, it's all the same. They're all speaking the same language, but in their own unique way, right? Mm -hmm. So we have Dr. Joe Dispenza, who talks Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. quantum physics. He talks about the vast, infinite field of all possibilities and the void. And then I read something by Carissa Schumacher, who wrote a book, uh, The Freedom Transmissions, where she channels Yeshua. She talks about, she and Yeshua, talk about the same things, that there's a vast invisible field that we're pulling from the void. And it is all about enhancing our lives. It is about looking at ourselves. It's about, you know, questioning and inquiry and being curious. And so I think 100% that they overlap and they fully support each other if and when you're open to it.
1: Mm Mm-hmm if and when we're open to it. So I love this concept because this means that all of this information, um, and I think other words that I've come across and use is, you know, the universe or um, innate intelligence, like this, all of these possibilities, this, this realm or if we in Marvel language, the quantum realm, like this is all, it's all always here. Right? It's like all always around us, within us, and it's something to cultivate and know that we all can tap into it if we are open to it and intentional about it.
0: A hundred percent. And what you're talking about, the cultivating, I love this, Dan. So Cultivating is something I think a lot about, and I think that I got that term from reading um, a book called The Awakened Brain by Dr. Lisa Miller, right? Mm-hmm. So she is a professor at Columbia University, and she is the in the clinical psychology program, and she also is the founder of the Spirituality Mind-Body Institute. So she's gone deep into looking at the awakened brain, and it's so wonderful because— she says, and perhaps you already know this, but I will, I will just share it here. So she says that we are innately born as spiritual beings. It's intrinsic to us that 29% of us is spiritual, and then 71% is based on our environment. And so based on our environment, if we want to cultivate our awakened brain, which is already there for us, what do we do? You know, so that's when she talks about or whatever it means for each person. So for me, the cultivating of the awakened brain is meditation. It's stillness. It is um, connecting to something bigger and greater and deeper. Um, it is taking walks in silence and not listening you know, to podcasts mm-hmm. or anything like that. And it is cultivating what we already have within us. Mm-hmm. So getting back to what we were saying before, yes, there is a 100% an overlap between the personal and the spiritual because— it's us. It's all within mm-hmm. us. It's so good. It
1: and it's it's listening. My experience is it's listening to these thoughts, these feelings, these awarenesses and trusting them, like validating them as opposed to just thinking, Oh, that's weird. I wonder why I thought about that person or I had this idea right now. Oh, I better get back to this. It's it's knowing that those times, whether it's when we meditate or whether we're walking or jogging or we're in nature, um, for me, it's meditation or um, running, that's where all my downloads come. I mean, they happen at other times during the day, but the, I know that that's where they come, and if I open myself up to what's to come, I just have to listen and, and, and feel and be aware without judgment, without criticism, without, you know, it's kind of like that, um, I guess that old exercise we used to do in school where we're brainstorming and putting everything on the board. It's like that all just kind of like comes and then sitting with it.
0: Yes. So, all right, so I'm curious. So like when you go for a run Mm -hmm. and you're getting your downloads, Mm -hmm. are you like intentionally like, okay, I'm running, open the door and bring it on in? Or do you just find that you get in a zone and then you're starting to hear things or you're getting like you know, mm-hmm. those moments of inspiration.
1: I find at this point, it just, I, I don't set an intention. Um, I mean, I don't set a verbal intention. I just know it's has now I know it's just going to come. Like, that's the place where I go. I tell people when they talk about, we talk about running and exercise, I say like, I, I run, I mean, yeah, it helps my physical body, but that's not why I run. Like I run for my mental and spiritual health and the byproduct is also hopefully physical health as well. And so I realized I've been getting these downloads long before I started to dive into spirituality. Uh, and it would just things with thought it was just a place where I could think. And now with more time and more, more inquiry, you know, I know that that's where it just, it it happens. And I look forward to those downloads. I, I just, I like, that's the place where, Anyways, that's the place where it comes. I don't know how else to say. I know you, you're not I'm nodding. You know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like, that's just where it shows up continually. And then um, I have a habit of then downloading with my wife uh, and then processing that way.
0: Yeah, I so. love it so much. I feel the same way when I go for walks. And this was something tying into what I was saying before in the time of COVID, when we all went inside, I had been working outside of my house for my whole whole life. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time where I started taking walks in the morning. And I remember this feeling of like, I was like, hold up. Oh my God, the sky? And I was like, there are birds? Like, have we have there always been as many birds? And it was like, I finally was taking the time to be silent and I chose not to listen to music or listen to podcasts or Mm, talk on the phone. And and the same thing with you, Dan, like when you go running was when I started hearing hits of inspiration. Mm -hmm. And then I think the thing is for all of us is trusting that and saying, oh, okay, maybe this has... Meaning here, maybe mm-hmm. I should go with that nudge. It's it's really being open to the signs and the synchronicities and what we're hearing.
1: Yes, and so going with this idea of the awakened brain, tell us more about how we continue to cultivate our awakened brain. What are what are some actions steps? Which which is kind of a funny thing to say because. I feel like part of stepping into spirituality is to sort of try to find flow instead of striving and achieving. But yet we still have to take action and be purposeful in our life to cultivate.
0: Yes, I agree. And that's where I think something like habits come into play. So people will say like habits, they might get a bad rap, like it's a habit. But I've created certain habits that enhance my life around cultivating an awakened brain. So okay. I've created a habit of meditating. Mm-hmm. You know, I've created a habit of journaling. I've created a habit of taking moments of stillness. And I think that all of these are a part of, for me, I'll say, cultivating an awakened brain. Now, for some people, it might mean going into a synagogue and being silent there or listening to someone speak. It might be going into church or going to a yoga class. It might be turning on some beautiful music and dancing. You know, I think that it is all about getting out of our heads and getting out of our egos and allowing that part of us that's innate within us to be connected. So I think meditation is huge. Mm -hmm. And I know that we can't force anyone to meditate. All I can say is I just highly recommend it. I think that it is a game changer for people. And especially, and since this is um, a podcast about parenting, if we can somehow encourage our children Mm -hmm. to start to meditate or to journal or to take moments of silence at at a young age, mm-hmm. that would be amazing. Yes. Now, I'm going to speak for myself really quickly. So I have two teenagers. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that one of the things—and this gets back to your theme of your podcast, where um, where it's, it's modeling for our children. Yeah. Our behaviors— are a model for our children. So I started meditating. Uh, and I, I've been meditating for a little while, but around COVID, I did transcendental meditation. And I said, I'm gonna be very deliberate saying, I'm going in to meditate now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Nobody knock on my door, you know. Mm-hmm. This is my time to meditate. And I did it for maybe a couple of years. And one day my son said, I think I'd like to learn that. And so he did. And that was his own path, you know. So it's like it's that modeling. Um so getting back to ways to cultivate, so the meditation mm-hmm. um, and journaling. So this is one thing that uh, my daughter started doing at a younger age because meditation at one point wasn't quite right for her. She's, she's experimenting with it now. So journal every night before bed. Um, and that's one thing I love to do every day. Just get your thoughts out on the paper. Um, as we, you and I both said, like getting out into nature. So for you, it's mm-hmm. running, and mm-hmm. for me, it's walking. And mm-hmm. that's where we just allow ourselves to just, like, mm-hmm. be open to whatever is coming forward. Um, gratitude, I think that mm-hmm. expressing gratitude every single day is huge. So I write in a gratitude, gratitude journal every morning, and... Um, and then also embracing stillness. And then one other thing I want to say really quickly, and I started doing this uh, several months ago, is I keep I keep what's called a positivity journal. So before I go to bed at night, I write down the little things that happened during my day that were really lovely. And it could be something as simple as like when I, um, I had a snuggle session with my dog or when I got a really beautiful phone call from a friend I hadn't spoken to. And it's just, it's, It's seeing those moments and recognizing them. And it's the small moments that are amazing. Mm -hmm. Just gets us, I think, in just that frame of mind.
1: Right. Yeah, that moment, living in the moment, moment by moment awareness, so aspirational, so easy to say. And yet we have to be so intentional to do it. And as we are all getting older and as life has so much impermanence to it, when you hear about people at the end of their life looking back, it always comes back to the moments. (laughs) Like life is merely a series of moments. And so what I'm hearing you say is if the idea of trying to slow down, quiet our minds, stay present show gratitude it grounds us in right now
0: that's right that is right and i will say they all sound amazing right and so good yeah yeah. and there are days when we might just be like oh or you know it's so boring or i don't want to do this or i've got so many other things to do Mm -hmm. and you know this is where um James Clear, who wrote Atomic Habits, speaking Mm -hmm. of habits, he says something that like, it's the moments when you are feeling the boredom or you're feeling like you don't want it, or you just want to push it off to another day, or like, I'll start my meditation another day, or I don't have time. It's those moments when you just dig in and you just keep doing it that will have you know the the compounded effect over time. It's just that showing up and mm-hmm. that showing up because we're showing up for ourselves and yep. we're showing up for the people in our lives.
1: Mm-hmm. And by listening to yes. oneself, well, let's just say by you listening to yourself from um, my following of your work and your latest podcast and uh, your newsletter, which we will get into in a moment the pre-story is all of this happened because you listened to yourself and your downloads and then you took action
0: that's right that's exactly right yeah it was when i it was when i created a more dedicated practice to cultivating my awakened brain and to focusing on personal spiritual growth one and the same mm-hmm. was when i started saying like oh i can trust myself you know so much of my life i grew up a really good girl a, a people pleaser and allowing the story of me to be told to me to be dictated to me and it was you know it's interesting cuz it was when i met my husband in our in our 20s when he ca- he said to me one day no one else gets to define you but you and i was like oh Is that right? Like, I didn't know that, but it's a process. It's a journey. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, uh, so getting back to what you're saying, the trusting of my own voice, the trusting of those hits, Mm -hmm. when I would read something, I'd be like, oh, what is this? Why is my body tingling so much? This resonates me. Mm
1: -hmm. And then
0: also doing a lot of writing about like, what lights me up? What energizes me? You know, what? what breaks my heart? What um, what feeds my spirit? And yeah. I think that when we do that inquiry constantly on a daily basis, because also, why not? Like, what else are we here to do? Like, let's make the most of our lives. I think that, well, for me, that was when I started trusting myself to say, okay, let's do this podcast that you've been wanting to do for a while. Mm-hmm. And let's launch this newsletter that, Come on, Lori, you've had on your list you've been wanting to do it for a while. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it just takes that what people call that 20 seconds of courage where you just say, I'm going to do it mm-hmm. and I'm going to do it messy and I'm going to be imperfect and I'm going to allow myself to be in action and just to iterate on what is what is happening. So that's where I've been landing in these past maybe these past years and especially mm-hmm. these past Several months or six months or whatever it has been where I finally am like, it's time to just really go and trust what Mm -hmm. I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: So not only did you start the podcast, but then you're, you had a retreat and you talk about the 20 and congratulations on your first retreat where all of a sudden there's these people who are wanting to come to gather for the same mission and light that you're holding for them in life's transitions as you are transitioning yourself and you wrote about the courage and the, the, the struggle with, you know, the perfectionistic thinking. And it's just, I'm just going to step into this. I'm not going to keep waiting. Like, let's just see what happens.
0: Yeah. And you know, Dan, I, One of the reasons why I did that was I was thinking a lot about regrets, and I've read a couple of things about regrets. So one is Daniel Pink wrote The Power of Regret, Mm -hmm. and then Bronnie Rare wrote um, The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. Mm -hmm. And I decided that using regrets was how I was going to start living fully in the moment and go for those things that scared me or held me back because I thought I had to be perfect. Also, what's perfection anyways? You know, not a thing. Um, And I started looking at my life kind of going backwards. So if I were to die, let's say I was to die tomorrow, knock on wood, I don't want to do that, but what would I regret? You know, or when I'm 80, if I'm looking back, what would I regret? And so that started informing me, girl, you wanted to do these things. Just do it, step into it and and if you're nervous about it, own it and say it. So when I had these women come to my house for my retreat, I was really nervous for days before it until I finally said to myself, Am I nervous or am I just excited? You know, is this an old memorized behavior feeling like, oh, you should be nervous and something like this? Or or can I reframe it? So I just started to reframe it. I also, what I'm doing is I'm saying, out loud. And I said to the people that came to my group, I'm stepping into my what's next right now. I'm Mm. doing it too with you. Like we're all just being brave together. Mm -hmm. And so my whole thing is like, I am not, I'm not saying like, I'm an expert now at this is how you do life. I'm just saying I am living my life. I'm cure. I'm a curator. I'm an investigator. I'm interested and curious. If this is something you are interested in, come along for the ride and let's figure it out. And be okay to whatever I start now might not be what I end up with. Mm-hmm. But I think being in action is the biggest thing for mm-hmm. all of us.
1: Even if action is sitting in quiet stillness. a 100%. Mm-hmm. I
0: love that. Yes. That is action. That is Say into your ego, into your brain that wants to go, 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 or says you don't have Mm -hmm. time for it, just sit your butt down Mm -hmm. and say, listen, brain, you're going to sit here right now and Mm -hmm. you're going to be quiet
1: because
0: that's where the beauty is. That's where the juice is.
1: And the other beauty of um, this journey and parenting journey is, like you said, it's sort of a two for one in the sense of if we can cultivate our own healthy habits, if we can be engaged in our own lives, if we are learning and growing, our kids are always watching that. Um, energetically they pick up on that. Even if they, there aren't any words, just like they energetically pick up when we're depressed, we are anxious, we are scared. Um, or we're struggling, which we have every right to do as human beings. But it all there's just that's just the way it works. They pick it up, and then for you to be intentional about it as well, and to vocalize to them, "Hey, I'm doing this. I'm going to do this now." Um, oh, I wrote a few minutes today, and gosh, something want, like something came out that I hadn't even known that I was thinking about. You are modeling this for them at an age you know, much earlier for our kids than, than we discovered um, this this world of, of growth and personal development.
0: Yeah, I love that you're bringing that up because it's something I think about all the time. And honestly, there was a time when my kids were a little bit younger and my husband and I went to a party. It was probably like a family party. A lot of families were there. And I had too much to drink. Mm-hmm. And he said to me at one point, probably at the end of the night, he said, you know, our kids are at that age where they're watching us. They see us. And I was like, oh boy, like I got to think about this for a second because if I'm going to be talking to them about ways that I might want to encourage them to show up in the world, Mm -hmm. I got to be doing this. And And I think about this a lot as my kids are getting older. They're in high school and one, my son, will be applying to colleges. And if we, not we, if I am encouraging them to go for what you want, you know, show up like a good person in the world, Um, have a passion, um, you know, like to be the best they can and to go for things and the world is their oyster and to make mistakes and to do all those things, that's when I realized I got to do those too. You know, it's that it's mm-hmm. it's different from that saying. And I don't know if your parents ever said this, but I remember hearing that saying, do as I say, not as, not I, as do. I do. Right? Yeah.
1: yeah. No, never heard it before. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's such a oh my god, it's so hypocritical, right? And it doesn't work. It like you as a kid you're like, "Wait, what?" Yeah. What? I know. Like you're doing that, but I have to do it differently? Yeah. And you and you don't have to? Why should I?
0: Yeah, it's so true. And so I I started thinking at some point along my parenting journey of, oh, I want to be a person that is modeling the same things that I'm saying to them. So if I'm telling them that they can do anything that they want in the world, then I need to go for my dreams too. If I'm saying to them, take chances, go where your heart wants to go. I need to take those chances also. Not that I need to. I want to. I want Mm -hmm. to be that person also. Because, yeah, they're watching us. And I got to say, Dan, one more thing. Since I started doing my podcast and writing and even coming on here on your Mm -hmm. podcast, like my family was so excited. You're going to be a guest on Dr. Dan's podcast? (laughs) They love it. Mm -hmm. And, And I have heard from them, more since I've been stepping out and trying things. And by the way, I'm still scared all the time. I'm Mm -hmm. still thinking about my what's next, and I have to come back to myself every morning and say, come on, girl, get in that frame of mind to have the courage. But when I hear them say, Mama, I'm so proud of you. Mama, that is so cool. You started your own podcast, or Mama, you had that on your vision board, and now it's real? That is the greatest thing of all the things yeah. out, of, out of everything that's happening,
1: yes, yes, and it's something it's something that I don't think we as parents a lot we have our nose down and we're doing our work lives, we're doing our parenting lives um, and when our you know our kids the, i the, the, the old way of thinking is um, our kids are trying to make us proud, right like we want to make our parents proud, no matter where you are in the the in the generational cycle. Like you're always wanting to make your parents proud. But it feels really good, and we don't really think about all that often, that um our kids can be proud of us. (laughs) And we and like it feels really good to make our kids proud by us just taking um courageous steps in life.
0: A hundred percent. I I I think about this more and more that I want to show up for them. different than saying to myself, oh, I want them to make me proud. I want to be able mm-hmm. to go out in the world and say my kids are doing this. No, I want my kids to be able to say, my mom is doing this or my dad is trying this. Mm-hmm. That's the joy for me. And I do think it's a little bit different than maybe the generation that, you know, I'm in my my 50s, yep. my husband is too. And I remember at one point kind of like in our 20s when we started talking to fellow friends from around the world that come together, you know, in your in your new city and hearing about maybe some of the choices that the adults in their lives had made where I've said to myself a couple of times, where were, where were the adults? Like wh- the choices that they made because, and I know you know this because this is your podcast and you're a doctor and you work with families, that it matters so much how we show up for yeah. our kids mm-hmm. and what they're seeing. I, mm-hmm. I just think about it all the time. And obviously not, not a perfect person at all. And I make mistakes mm-hmm. all the time and, and apologize and show you know try to show them that as well. But mm-hmm. um, I think that showing up for our kids and making them proud of us by how we're showing up in the world, yeah. by doing this work, by cultivating our personal and spiritual growth. I, I think it's important.
1: I completely agree. And I, and we need to remember the, um, the long haul, the marathon, the, um, there Dr. Kenneth Ginsburg, who we've had on a few times, this amazing pediatrician, who's a expert in teenagers and resilience. And in his latest book, um, congrats, you're having a teen. He, he dispels a lot of the myths about, Um, teenagers and adolescents. And one of his main important points that has stuck with me is that the relationship we have with our kids when they're minors, if we're lucky and things go as they should pales in comparison to the amount of time our relationship will be with them as adults. And so we have these points in time where life can get hard um our kids can struggle we can struggle we can not make the parenting or adult decision that we wish we would have made in the situation and it's i guess for everyone to hear these are these are points in time as you said Lori, you can come back and apologize oh i would have done this differently but to remember the way of showing up for them is an evolving way because hopefully we're growing over time while they're growing, and the relationship is this dynamic, evolving uh, experience over decades.
0: Yes, that's so beautiful. By the way, I love the idea of just together evolving relationships. Like we're we're all in our own life mm-hmm. evolving hopefully, and, and we're on our own path. But to do it together as we're all circling around each other,
1: mm-hmm. it's
0: so beautiful.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think what you're also helping me think is this is why the focus of the podcast is based on the parents and not the children. Because we have are hopefully coming out of a few decades of an intense focus on children at the expense of parents focusing on themselves to help their kids get ahead, be in the right posi- you know, position, not get left behind. And what we now know is it doesn't work if we're not looking at ourselves and looking at our own behavior and just living purely for our children for some outcome. But yet, not being engaged fulfilled have our own life's work whether it's family whether it's outside the home regardless of what it is if we're not doing that it doesn't we don't get what we think we're trying to achieve with all of the stuff that we're throwing at our kids yeah so so true
0: and i i think that I do think that a life of doing this inquiry for the parents and doing the personal growth, it's also really fun. It doesn't have to be like, oh, you know, like I'm meditating and, uh, you know, it's like this is fun. Like mm-hmm. we are here, we are in life, right? And we are of life. Mm-hmm. And so, so, you know, it's, it's kind of we, we got to shore up ourselves first and then we can give out to, to others. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just, I just, this is why I love talking about this stuff on, on hold the light. And this is why I like talking to people like you who think about these things also, because this life, it is, it is hard. And there are many, uh, things that go on that Could break our hearts and yet it's Mm -hmm. also beautiful. Mm -hmm. And there are so many things that can open our hearts when we tune in. That's why I love the idea of tuning in to something greater than ourselves and Mm -hmm. connecting so we don't feel alone. Mm
1: Hold the light. Hold the light. Holding the light for the light holders of the world. Yes. What, share what what that embodies. Well, I think you embody that,
0: Dr. Dan. I think that through your work and through this podcast where you bring on people and you give them a voice and you hold space for them to share the ways that they're helping other people. That's holding the light. That's that's being a light holder. And there are so many beautiful, helpful people out there whose passion is to make our world or our spaces better. Mm-hmm. So whether you're talking to a rabbi, like you had Dr. Rabbi Steve yep. later on. Yeah. Beautiful. What he offers is gorgeous. And then you're talking to authors— um, like you had Jen Paoff on, I love oh, Jen,
1: yeah, you've been doing your research
0: here. Yeah, 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 um, and then, and then you have um people uh people in the news, like Mary Louise Kelly, or you have all of these people, different things that they're offering, yet it's all about showing us possible ways to be in this world that can help us, and that's being a light holder. That's holding the light for the light holders of the world. Mm -hmm. And so that is why I wanted to do this. Because I wanted to, so I do some solo episodes where I'm just talking about people we've already talked about here on the podcast, like Dr. Lisa Miller with The Awakened Brain, James Clear with Atomic Habits. Um, Also, um, you know, and now I'm also doing some in-person, not in-person, I'm doing interviews with people, Mm -hmm. like hospice nurse Julia did, who was a hospice nurse. I mean, think about her role as a light holder for Mm -hmm. people as they're dying. Mm -hmm. Or um, Lisa Hockham, I'm going to have her on. She does photography. She helps people to embrace themselves and see themselves through Mm self-portraits. Different modes, different methods, Mm -hmm. all holding the light
1: for people. Mm -hmm. And
0: that's my passion.
1: Which uh, it shows and it can be felt. Oh, good. Yes. And you have a <laughs> voice for it. You have such a voice for it. I'm glad uh. I can finally see you in your room. And was when I would be listening to you. I'm like, this voice was meant to project all of this information uh, uh. to the world. Uh. Because you are a generator, which I know because I listened to your, another recent podcast on yes. uh, human design, which right. is so fascinating. And... um So talk a little bit about human design and how that has helped you on your path and following your, um, what do we say? Following your, um, it's following the flow, right? It's like following the music that is being given to you as a former musician.
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. Dan, you've done your homework, too. I love this yes, so much. Yes, I have. <laughs> um, first of all, do you know what your human design is by any chance?
1: I, I do. What I, is it? Um, I am a manifesting generator.
0: I love it. That's my daughter.
1: Mm. Do you
0: know what your wife is by any chance? Yes.
1: So she is a generator along with two of our other kids who are generators, and then our third kid is a um, manifester.
0: Wow. Look at you guys. I love it. Um, I love that you all know each other's mm-hmm. human design. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have to say, human design is fairly new to me, and this is why I wanted to have Alexandra Cole on, because I love the idea that it's just another tool in our toolbox for self-awareness mm-hmm. and, and development.
1: Personal development. Yep.
0: Personal development. And using what we know about our energy to help us. So generators so generators love love having different ideas and this is this is so me like i you know here's an idea and here's an idea and here's an idea and i could do any of these but what lights me up the most mm-hmm. and that's the direction i go in and so again it is like tuning in. It's taking that time to tune in. Mm-hmm. Not what other people say, oh, but you could be so good at fill in the blank, or you should try fill in the blank. Because we all know there are so many things that each one of us could do. Someone was probably telling us, hey, you'd be really good at doing this. But if it doesn't light up generators, it, it won't have the drive behind it or the passion behind it. So mm-hmm. I've really been thinking about that, really taking the time to go to that like gut feeling does Mm -hmm. this light me up right now? And if it doesn't, it's going to go to the back burner. I can come Mm -hmm. back to it another time if I want to, but Mm -hmm. I like to have the different ideas. Now, my trick for myself, I will speak, and I don't know if this is for other generators, is acting upon that gut instinct. And this is where I've been looking a lot at the word complacency. Mm. So as as one of those things where it's like, oh, I can have so many ideas and this sounds really good and I'm going to try this. And then... If I don't follow through or if I stop it, what does that mean for me? Like, why are, where am I stopping myself? Why am I stopping myself? Um, so that's why I just love to—that's uh, why I love human design really helping me connect. As a person in my younger years, did not connect with my mm-hmm. gut instinct. Right. I really wanted to do what everybody told me to do. I would say the
1: pleaser we're... in us, because I have that in me too, as I know you have said you do too, it's the pleasers are, we're wanting everything to be okay and do well what other people think we should do, whatever that external expectation is. And that is a skill, but it comes at the expense of that, that other core self, that drive, that innate, that innate who we're here what we're supposed to be doing
0: that's right that's right and you know glennon doyle the author glennon doyle Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. she wrote in her book untamed she had something that she said to her daughter her her daughter i think was trying to make a decision but was worried maybe about like what other people thought or what she should do and glennon said to her daughter and i'm just paraphrasing but glennon said to her daughter sometimes you have to disappoint others so you can take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And her daughter said, even you, mama? And she said, especially me.
1: Mm. And
0: I was like, whoa, yeah. disappointing your parent. Yeah. She's actually telling her to do that. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. And that's something I tried to say to my kids too. You might have to disappoint people, including us, and that's okay as long as you are taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Not, not at the expense of all kinds, you know, Don't be a jerk in the world, Mm -hmm. you know, but find your own North Star. Mm -hmm. Um, So getting back to human design and being a generator, that has been very helpful for me saying, okay, you know what you want. It's Mm -hmm. there. Trust that instinct.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's been helpful for me, and it was um, reinforced on your podcast about this, was for my type is that simple statement it's either a hell yes or it's a hell no and that was fortunately given to me a little while ago not too long ago i would say within the last couple years and i started to cultivate that when i'd get these invitations or asked to do this or you know asked to do that i found that i immediately i would know i would read it in a millisecond and i knew if i was excited or like it was like energy depleting, but but I probably should. It would be good for this. And, you know, I like these people and I want to be supportive, but you cannot fake the feeling. Like our soul knows right away.
0: It's so
1: good. Right? Right away.
0: It's so good. And I think I mentioned this, my daughter is a manifesting generator and she is the same way. She knows right Mm -hmm. in that moment. I love it. It's so cool.
1: Yeah. So to know what your kids are, it is helpful. This is, I mean, it's it's a it's a tool for self, but also, as you guys talked about on the podcast, it's could be it's a parenting tool as well to know how our kids are wired and what what their orientation is. Are they, for example, um, a reflector, which is the very rare one, right? Which is just a mirror tool. To the world, and is highly sensitive. um, Is it this person who is a manifestor who comes out with all of these ideas and is a disruptor? And right, disruptors are not pleasers. Disruptors disrupt. And and to know that this is the way your child is oriented, and everyone. And now we're into spirituality, which is based on when you were born, (laughs) like the day and the time you were born. This is all set in motion. So. This isn't just willful behavior, so to speak. This is part of the fabric of one's being. So to know we have one of these people, we might think about parenting and understanding them differently than if we didn't have this information.
0: Absolutely. I think it is so helpful and also fun to use these tools to know, as you said, how we are all in relationship with each other, how our children are. And I don't know, Dan, if you have done this, but we also took the quiz on what's your love language. Have oh, you yes, guys ever yes. done this?
1: Yes, yeah, we've done that as well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's okay. I love that you guys are doing all these yeah, things, yeah. but it's so cool because we all took the love language and now... Now we can use that as part of our language with each other. Well, my love language is this. Or mommy's, okay, so my love language is acts of service. So Mm -hmm. my husband knows, like, yeah. And, and... You know, for others, it's like spending time together, oh, you know, really spending time. So I remember one time, actually, I'll just tell a really quick story. my daughter, I think I had spent all day with her, and I was like making her lunch, and I was bringing her places, and I was doing things for her. And at one point she said, "I want to spend time with you, mama." And I was like, "I've spent time with you all day." Yeah And she goes, "No, you've been doing things for me." Mm. And she said, "You've been doing acts of service." That's not my love language. I want to spend time with you. And I was like, oh, that is amazing. She wanted to sit. She wanted me to that look her in awesome. the eye. That Isn't is awesome. that cool? Yeah. So I think really that having cool. these these tools yes, in working with our children, or not working with them, and being yes. in relationship with them can yes. be so
1: helpful. And that also exemplifies how often we assume in all of our relationships, whether we know this love language concept or it's something that's just more it's just internal that we assume other people want what we want. Right. Right. Because you're automatically an act of service. So when someone's doing all these things for you, you're like, wow, I am being loved and valued. So you're doing it. And then all of a sudden the recipient's like, you know what? That's like my number three on the, on that. That's like, that's not really my number one. This is, I just, can you give me five minutes?
0: That's (laughs) right. Yeah, I know. It's so funny. It's so helpful though.
1: Yeah. 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 All these tools, man, all of these tools that are out there to help us um, grow, evolve. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah, and you know, sometimes these tools might be helpful at one point of our journey together. Another tool might be helpful at another journey. You know, it's like, I I don't want to get overwhelmed by it and I don't want other people to get overwhelmed by it. It's Mm -hmm. like, our journey is this like flowing river through life. So like, yes. let's hop in, let's row our canoe for a little while this way. And then we I want to try a different direction and try something yeah. else. Yes. For me, as long as it's like still going in that direction
1: of, of expansion of evolution. There it it's is. It's fun. Yeah. That's it. Right. Yeah. Expansion and evolution, like evolving. And it is yeah. going to be windy, so windy. And we have to help our kids, know that the life path is windy, which is why it's so important for us to not come across as we have it all figured out where these perfectionistic, perfect beings, because that doesn't help them (laughs) understand the real life course. Like it's messy. It's at times really hard and challenging. And yes, we need to have some boundaries about The limits of what we should let our kids in on or talk to them about, depending on their age and developmental level. But they need to see real life so they can learn how to be in real life.
0: That's true. And you know what, Dan, that's making me think of a story. It just happened not so long ago. I was having feelings about something and I was kind of holding it in because we were going to go off on a family day together. And I was like, well, I don't want to ruin their day by telling them how I'm feeling, which I was feeling sad. Mm -hmm. And so I was holding it in. And then at one point, finally, we were in the car together. I said, guys, I just need to express something that's on my heart right now. It had nothing to do with them, but I said, I just, I need to let it out because it's sitting like on my chest. Mm-hmm. And I, I expressed myself. I cried a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and they were so sweet. And when I saw them, like turned around to look at them, I could see like their hearts, it just looked like they had opened up. Mm-hmm. And that it changed that changed the feeling in the car where someone was being, a parent was being vulnerable. Yeah. And, and it was just about a feeling. So it wasn't like anything like scary or, or inappropriate. It was just about a feeling I was having as a human. And they get to see me or they got to see me as a person who was working through feelings. And we talked about it. And then my husband was there and, you know, we talked about it and they got to see the modeling of like of, of support. And it just changed the mm. whole vibe of the day. And I thought to myself, yeah, it's good sometimes for them to see yes. me just being a person. Yes. And and the compassion that they had for me also and the compassion that we had for each other was like, it was so beautiful. It was, it was really sweet.
1: And then they know that they can do that too and get the support of, the, they don't have to carry it, they can get the support of their loving family and be vulnerable and move through, and just move through it.
0: That's right. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: All right, Lori, this time went fast, and we are at the parent footprint moment question. <gasps> Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Okay. Tell us about a time that you became aware of yourself as an individual a parent, or even an awareness of your own parents, and that new awareness had a positive impact on your life, your kids, and or those you love?
0: Okay, beautiful question. I would say it was the moment when, I should say one of the moments in my life, Mm -hmm. was when my son came out to me. So my Mm -hmm. son is gay. He is now 17. He came out at the age of 12. He was in sixth grade. And I remember the day very well. I was home. I was just in my bathroom, like cleaning the bathroom or something. And he came in and he said, Mama, can I talk to you? And I said, sure. And he said, and I could see he was nervous. I could see he was a little maybe scared. And he said, I think I'm gay. And it was that moment I remember I was like, okay, it was almost like time froze for just a moment. And I was like, whatever comes out of my mouth right now is going to tr- the, it's gonna change his trajectory mm. of how he feels about himself, of how he feels about being gay, about how he feels about being vulnerable, about sharing with me, about feeling support. And I was like, this is a moment. Mm. And so I said to him, oh, come here. I just want to hug you. And I just hugged him. And then I said to myself in my brain, I said, just be a witness. Be open. This is not about you. Listen to what he needs to say and wants to say. And just be that like person who is radiating love and support. Mm. Because it was also a moment where I said to myself, this is not about me or the dreams that I thought I had for my son or the, the thoughts that I had of who he's going to be. This is about honoring the young person who mm-hmm. he is mm-hmm. and, and letting the moment be about him and, and, and showing up as that parent that is like, I love you. My job is to love you. Not to make you into anything, but just to love who you are. And, and just to also get back to, like, letting go of the dream that I thought I had, what has unfolded is better than any dream I could have ever imagined of who my son can mm-hmm. be and is. I mean, he is just magnificent. And by being able just to, like, observe him and let him be himself has been one of the greatest joys for myself.
1: That is beautiful. And you just gave us a master class on aware parenting right in the moment. I mean, for you to have that presence in an unexpected, like an everyday moment, you're maybe cleaning the bathroom, right? An everyday moment, and all of a sudden, this highly significant moment in his life, and of course yours as well, comes to you and you had the presence to breathe, to take in all of what was happening and know the importance of just opening your heart and loving him. That is a lesson for all of us.
0: Oh, thank you, Dan.
1: Wow. You're so delightful. Uh, <laughs> wow. That's motivational. Lori, thank you for uh, this conversation and uh, for the work that you're doing. I, uh, I have listened to every podcast. I have read every newsletter. It is so exciting, this trajectory that you're on and you are already impacting and holding the light for so many.
0: Thank you so much, Dan. And thank you for your role in holding the light for so many light holders too. You are adorable and delightful, and I appreciate you, and thank you so much for having me on.
1: Thank you. Please tell everyone where they can follow you and uh, keep awakening their brain and growing.
0: I would say come follow me on Instagram, or I should say come join me on Mm -hmm. Instagram. I am at laurie.gunning.grossman, and... My name is spelled L-A-U-R-I-E. That's my first name. Because there I post about all my things, about the podcast, about my Substack newsletter, about events. And I would love it if anyone is listening, if they want to reach out, DM me, say hi, tell me that they came here through Dr. Dan and the Parent Footprint, and um, that's where we can connect. Awesome. Thank you.
1: All right, everyone. Expansion and growth. Please share this with anyone that you think will benefit. Thank you for being a part of our community. Thank you for bringing your wonderful people to our community. We appreciate your five-star reviews. You know what I'm going to ask you to do. Two things. Try to be the person you want your child to become. And ask yourself the guiding question... What Footprint Do You Want to Leave? This has been a Peters and Rossi production. Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan is produced by Laura Rossi. Our engineer is Phil Rossi. Theme music is Strummer Man, composed and performed by ProTunes. Artwork is by Garrett Ross. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Parent Footprint Podcast, and on Twitter at Dr. Dan Peters. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Follow Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show.